Episode number 61. I got a question. Are you a man or a mice? Squeak up. <laughs> I like that. You guys had the intro, but I pulled the rest oh, of man. it off, right? I see. Yes. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely All right. Done. So who's going to start squeaking first tonight, guys? Squeak, squeak. And, well, Did I, it. I was the first one. Oh, okay. wow. What are we talking about, Daniel? Young mouse? Well, um, you see, apparently there's this really famous uh, mice study um, mm -hmm. that was done, and I can't remember what years. And I, I personally only recently encountered it and uh, read about it. And something that we were talking about last week just sparked the, uh, the, the memory of that. And it's a really profound study. And I can't remember how it was relevant, but it was. And okay. so we're going to talk about it this week because it was relevant. Because it was relevant. Week. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> relevant. let's see. Since we just found out that uh, Mr. Cribs was only about half with us last night, last week because of uh, sickness, I guess. Um, and by the way, the, the study was done uh, that we're going to be talking about by John Calhoun mm -hmm. uh, at the National Institute of Mental Health in Maryland in 1968. Yes, there was a 1968. <laughs> uh, I... I, I do remember it, but uh, the rest of you don't. So, uh, Mr. Cobert, hmm. how would this be relevant to us today? Do you, you just read? I sent you a, an article today. I sent. It oh yeah. Preview. Give us an intro on relevancy here. So it's fascinating. I'm almost positive Ryan and I were in the same room when we first heard about this mouse study. We actually heard it strangely enough from our producer. Am I right, mm -hmm. Ryan? I'm almost yes, positive yeah, that's, that's where we heard it from. Yeah. Okay. He was he briefly mentioned it, didn't really get into detail and started to read this thing and then refreshing my memory with your article that you presented it's always interesting because it was for a totally unrelated because we were just talking about um especially our our focus is all about purpose and uh what you're doing with your life and we've been really going down this rat like kind of this trail here blazing this through but rat initially trail. we did yeah rat trail yakking right. about this idea <laughs> and it came up again and it's interesting because we were looking at this study for a whole other reason and then coming to find out rereading some things a lot of people look at this article and they come up with all kinds of conclusions mm -hmm. so it it proves i think that that shows more of how diverse or how um robust this experiment really shows it's not just a you get one answer no there's a lot of things you know kind of mm -hmm. like some a book we read or we're supposed to read a lot of you know mm. and the bible does a lot of that for us so you think that seeing this they were mammals that's how they relate back to us and so this that's interesting the conclusions they made okay. would you like me to do we want to do a summary well, of what this let, is let me, let me give ryan a chance to do a little intro then we'll come back to you and you can summarize for us Sure thing. Oh, that sounds good. So we're talking about what they began to call mouse heaven, mm. which we find out the more we talk about this actually sort of descended into mouse hell. Yes. Um, and, you know, the striking fact of, of reading this, so basically to, to summarize this for those who don't know what we're talking about, this gentleman, uh, Mr. John Halcoon, or, uh, English Ryan, John Calhoun, uh, <laughs> he built a large pen. It was a four and a half foot cube. And in there, he uh, put uh, some mice, 
uh, and he actually created uh, 256 apartments, perfect little mouse apartments inside this, uh, this enclosure. Uh, I'm cheating here. I'm reading my article here to make sure I'm giving you all correct <laughs> details. Um, and all the apartments were accessible via mesh tubes bolted to the walls. Uh, he also screened the mice to eliminate disease. So, uh, you know, you could say that he basically filled it with the best mice for the job. Um, they were free from predators and other worries, uh, and they were given free food. So in reading this, you know, that's basically the, uh, the idea is just to in inject a, a group of live mice into this basic utopia. But in doing so, you first remove their purpose. Mm. Well, let me go back There's... to because uh, Ryan, you just did what right, what David was going to do. So, uh, we'll, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so, I mean, this is not really scripted that much. So, David, you want to add any, something to the intro? Then we're going to go to the purpose thing. Uh, yeah, I think that's so. Uh, so, I just briefly about I guess the experiment. Um, oh man, it's hard because it really, this is my favorite part of the whole experiment. It's really interesting. Um, in summary, what happened during this conclusion was, is that I think it lasted for not just like a few day experiment, right? Mm -hmm. I think we all look at experiments and we go, oh, this is something I did like in high school and I mm -hmm. did like a two day experiment or about mold growing. No, this was hundreds of days. It's 19, <laughs> mo this. 19 months, actually. <laughs> exactly. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days that this experiment lasted. And it came up with very interesting conclusions. And to It, it was actually more than 19 months, just about oh, in okay. here. It actually ended oh, right. um, in spring of 1973. Okay, so five so years. Five years, yeah. So at the, at the peak, it was 22. Universes. Yeah, at the peak, it was 2,200 mice in, mm -hmm. in the 19th month. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that, it would, it, that he tried it with multiple iterations of mm -hmm. mice the same mm -hmm. and it came to the same conclusion every time that's what i think finds i find fascinating he takes mm -hmm. this many mice does the experiment does it again mm -hmm. and does it again and it's the same thing almost to the day mm -hmm. things are happening mm -hmm. exactly 25 so, times by the way 25 yeah. times that's crazy to be like a hundred percent accurate is wild when mm -hmm. an experiment happens like that. So when you see that, we see that what happens during the experiment is, is that everything's great because the mice are in utopia. They have food, they have water, everything's wonderful. However, around like that, the hundred, 200 day mark, we start to see a problem merge. And after all that, there's mice that are getting kicked out. Drama starts happening. Some mice are elevated up. Some mice are brought down low. And then they're kind of forming their own little ideas. And then what happens is, is that we see a ex exponential growth. Just tons of mice are being born and just everything's going nuts. And then it plateaus and it just stays plateaus for a while until something changes. The violence catches up with everyone mm. no more baby making no more of any of that stuff it ceases and all of a sudden a rapid and they say rapid mm -hmm. decline to how many mice are left guys zero zero, zero. <laughs> 25 times zero mice left at the end and ryan you i'm going to turn to you then back to daniel uh you brought up the word purpose here so <laughs> Yeah, so you, they removed the ability for the mice to, A, uh, need to hunt and search for food, mm -hmm. um, which then, of course, means that the 
the alpha mice are not having to provide for their uh, their offspring uh, or their their mate mates mm-hmm. of choice in this particular uh, environment. Um, they'd also, since it was an enclosed environment, you had a kind of a strange structure take place because you had these alpha mice and then other mice that would try to sort of compete for the alpha position. Those mice would be defeated, but they had nowhere to go. You know, just like we see like in lion prides, usually that means that the, the lion might get kicked out and then he has to go off and start his own pride. Uh, so these, they, they started developing, uh, and Mr. Calhoun called them dropouts. So they, they made a gang of dropout mice that sort of hung out in the center of the pen uh, that was not part of any anywhere else. Now, what's interesting, uh, just as kind of a side note to this, um, in some of the experiments, he actually would put the dropout mice uh, in sort of a separate area. Mm. Um, and what was interesting about them is they actually became more creative than the other mice because they weren't learning from the mice that were stuck in the utopia. Mm. Uh, so one of the things they started doing was digging. And those that were digging in the uh, place in the utopia, the other mice would take the dirt that was dug out and stuff, and they would sort of discard it little by little. Uh, and other mice seeing this would learn by example, and so they would do the same thing. But the mice that were removed, they would take the dirt and actually make like balls out of it, and then roll those balls, a collective mass of dirt and debris. And therefore, it made the job a lot faster uh, because they had not picked up on the slower method of the mice that were still in the utopia. Huh. So maybe we can come back if, if somebody catches mm. anything in there. Yeah, we can yeah. come back to that. <laughs> yeah. But um, going a lot of different places. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, then you, due to lack of purpose, you start seeing mice sort of have to find their own purpose uh, or figure out what to do with themselves. Uh, so then you have these different classes and, uh, you know, somebody can maybe pick up from here. Uh, you have the, uh, what he called the maladjusted males, the maladjusted females, and the beautiful ones, beautiful. along with the dropouts. Yeah. So alphas, dropouts, mm-hmm. maladjusted males and females, and the beautiful ones. Okay. Well, let's get Daniel in here. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I spent the last, most of what you guys have been talking, trying to remember last week and how it was actually relevant. And I okay. did actually remember it, which is a All huge right. achievement. <laughs> huge so, achievement. It is. Um, it is. Succeeded. It's succeeded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a whole week ago. Um, I know. <laughs> but we, we, uh, we, we talked about this idea briefly, maybe several weeks or, or months ago. Um, the, the adage of hard times create strong Mm -hmm. men strong men Mm -hmm. create good times good times create weak men weak men create hard times and so this is this experiment is essentially um taking strong men and putting them into good times and just starting the experiment right there and watching the thing happen where the the strong men or the you know the mice create bad times and the the relevance that i kind of want people to remember of what all this means is what we were talking about last week is people who were fighting for the wrong things and people who were no longer unified in fighting toward the right things. Yeah. And so when you remove, when people no longer have a common goal to fight for or to work toward, then 
all of their energy gets devoted to other things. And everything that we see in this experiment is exactly that. It's what happens when they have absolutely nothing to fight for because they don't have to fight for anything. Like Ryan, you mentioned at the beginning, um, everything is given to them, or mm-hmm. Dave, I can't remember. Um, everything is given to them. They're, they don't want for anything and all that kind of stuff. And so there's nothing to fight for, but there is an innate um, you know, nature in us to fight for something, to work for something. And so this experiment is just about what happens when that something is irrelevant, essentially. They, they can't, uh, you know, they don't have um, spirits that can commune with God in the same way that we do. And so they're just kind of interacting with each other. And like you were saying, Ryan, finding their own purposes that are is removed from God entirely. And that's when you get all this stuff that's happening. So that, as an underlying theme, mm. this is what happens when you do not have a common goal and when you pick up the stupid things to fight for. And um, I'm glad you mentioned the beautiful mice because I thought that was one of the most interesting oh, yeah. and relevant yeah. points of the whole experiment of yeah. how, and you see, you see this in past cultures. Like I think the kind of the Roman and Greek empires were huge with this, that you see so much focus and uh, literature and um, art from those times that focused on the beauty and the beautiful ones and specifically in this experiment about how it happened to the males and i mean if you can't read this experiment and read about the beautiful males and and link that to today i mean goodness gracious that is like exactly where we are today mm-hmm. like, you know you mentioned uh, you know you see this in past cultures i saw it this morning at walmart yeah well see that was this that was this morning so that was a past culture that's true that's true (laughs) you may have a point there you may have a point okay here's an off the wall question that i just just kind of come up with um i want to ask you guys we'll run around with this is 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 humankind the only part of creation that has a consciousness of the creator Ooh. No. Mm. Okay, Ryan. Explain yourself, Lucy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to go with no because it, the scripture talks about how all creation uh, cries out for the revealing of the sons of men. Okay. Or sons of God, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so that would mean in order for you to cry out for the child of a creator, for the sons of a creator would uh, be acknowledging the knowledge of that creator. Okay. Ergo, I would say all creation uh, has a consciousness of the creator. Okay, next. I'm going to throw a wrench here in just a second. Okay. Oh, man. Um, I guess I'll jump in. Uh, to kind of go off, right, I'd love to, I love your point there, Ryan. I think that I guess I would just look at it go, I think I would just say, yes, uh, add nuance. I don't know if it's as clear of a conscious as human beings have, but I do think that I think that you're right. I think that because I think that if we can look at like how, uh, let's say birds, uh, birds, they just know there's food. They don't have to worry. They just know there's food. They know there's something out there they have to do. So they know that there's something that's always going to be there. Uh, I think that that could be considered conscious thinking. And it's really funny how uh, as humans, we still fret about those things. So it's interesting. And that's what he says in scripture. Stop fretting about tomorrow. Uh, That's would be my point. I would add to that. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, I, I think I would um, answer in a similar way of, of yes, because when I think of consciousness, I think of um, awareness and, you know, just kind of that, that state of being of you're not just, you're, you know, unconscious is to be unaware of what's going on around you. And God created his creation to be aware or to be um, to, to do what they are doing. And again, like you said, Dave, it's a different kind of awareness. But um, even in Genesis 1, I, I can't remember which portion it's in, but it talks about how he put a soul in the animals. And mm -hmm. so a soul that reacts differently mm -hmm. to God, but he did put a soul in them. And I'm not sure what the Hebrew word is there, because I know there's a few variations. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I would say yes. Um, I feel like there's something else I was going to add, but it's gone. So go ahead, throw that wrench in there. Okay, is instinct a consciousness of the creator. So a bird, you mentioned a bird. Ooh. A bird has a an instinct to uh or or whatever animal. We have a we have a a tree that came down the other day, a, kind of a stump that was there and a couple of days later it's all scratched up because of probably a possum or a coon. Um that instinct within it was there's a worm in there and I'm going to get it. Is that instinct a consciousness of the creator or is it something that the creator gave to the animal, but it's really unaware of that? Mm. So uh, th this is the other place I was going to go, but that was a good like okay. inter uh, interjection there. Um, it's, it's almost like, not almost like, to put it in uh, contextual terms here, human beings are, you could say we're the only one that is an ex a science experiment or is not a science experiment because we are totally different from the rest of creation. Right. You know, it's a science experiment on these mice because you're observing it every single time, but they're always going to do the same thing because they have that instinct that you're talking about, Dad. They have those innate things built in them that is going to produce the same mm -hmm. thing every time. Mm -hmm. And in humans, th there's also a similar thing, except for when you throw in the spirit of God to a person. And one verse that I found uh, kind of to go along with what I'm saying. Um, okay. So Galatians five, starting in verse 13, four brothers, you are called to be free. Only do not let that freedom become an excuse for allowing your old nature to have its way. Instead, serve one another in love, for the whole of the Torah is summed up in this one sentence, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you go on snapping at each other and tearing each other to pieces, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Um, another translation says um, on that last part, but if you act like wild animals hurting each other... Um, and so like, there's just the concept of the old nature. If you are in that old nature, you are going to be producing the same things each time. It is not until you uh, are made into a new creation that you can escape that science experiment. Okay, you guys want to add? Yeah. Mm. If not, I'll take it another, another level here. Go ahead, Mike, go, go ahead. Yeah. I'm interested to see where this goes. Okay, so does an animal have a choice in its instinct? No. You, give you an, okay. Yeah. Give you an example here. I have a trash can next to my desk. Uh, once in a while, 
you know, coming up here, it's in my office, I'm eating a sandwich or something, and um, it'll be on a paper towel. I'll throw the paper towel in the trash can. And the next morning, our dog, Kaya, um, I, I notice she doesn't, you know, she's not looking at me. And I come up here and she's, and she knows it's wrong because that morning she won't come in my office. You know, every other morning she comes in my office, pet me, pet me. Uh, that morning she ain't, she, not, she sit out there outside the door, but she knows, you know, why? Because the instinct kind of took over. So does it, does an animal uh, have a choice in its instinct? David, you're, you're uh, Ryan, you said no pretty fast, sir. Mm-hmm. A choice in its instinct. Uh, well, I guess you you could um, depends on how you want to delineate this. So, for instance, it, she knows she did wrong, right? By going mm-hmm. into the, the trash can. So there there was a decision at some point made of I'm going to go, even though I know that Mike doesn't mm-hmm. like this, my owner doesn't like this. I'm going to go. I'm going to still act on my instinct as an animal mm-hmm. that is going to seek out to eat discarded food because whether we like it or not uh dogs are garbage disposals i'll tell her that <laughs> she'll bite you next time sure. she sees you <laughs> you can tell shyla i said it too you know? <laughs> like, I, uh... <laughs> yeah. would you say like so it, it's maybe for animals there's a um a hierarchy of instinct because i think the most basic instinct is if i eat food, I survive. If I drink water, I survive. Uh, okay. Those, there, there's some core tenets that I must do in order to survive. Okay. However, for, to use your example of your dog, Kaya, that, that was, that was like the, that I can get free food. Wonderful. I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. Oh, based on past experiences, this doesn't lead anywhere good. Oh, mm-hmm. well, this is gonna, this isn't mm-hmm. gonna go very well. Mm-hmm. Might as well avoid. Oh, it, it means this, so that means must avoid, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That, that that kind of that logic, that thought process, I would say. Great. I, I like the idea of risk versus reward going through a dog's <laughs> mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, is there anything happening behind those eyes? Well, a little bit, Daniel. Yep. Oh, uh, I don't. I'm, I don't know if I have much to add there. Um, yeah, no, nothing. Okay, nothing okay. On this one. Uh, l- let me go then to David. You might have just uh, ran right into the whole thing. The dog's focus was I. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you talked about purpose. The mal- the mice that we're talking about. And by the way, guys, uh, everybody, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link uh, at, on this podcast. Uh, it will be down in the comments, a link to the article. One of the, there's many articles on this and it's actually got for uh, those of you that really, you know, can't read. Um, yeah, uh, there's, there's a video too. Okay. But, uh, I know everybody on here can read. Um, but some people just like the video. I'm about to forget (laughs) what I said. Okay. So you talk about I, um, Ryan, you talked about purpose. So would the animal the purpose is always on I. Whereas with humankind, we have a choice in the purpose being on me Mm. or my purpose being on others. And so the the mice, the reason they died is because they all looked at themselves and did not understand or could not, could not, or did not understand, maybe could not is a good word, 
could not understand that the purpose of the community was not about their survival. It was about the community's survival. So I must give in to this community. Take it away. So th I think that's where, I think that was the part of the experiment that got me the most was because I watched the video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, comes <to> the, <laughs> it comes to that climax. He can oh my read, gosh. folks. I've seen him do it. <laughs> Yes, but uh, there's something about the video where you got to actually get to see it. Um, what's so fascinating, and we glossed over it briefly, but wow, it was so fascinating when they reached basically the max population that every experiment went to, and there was this period of time of plateau. It was just truly amazing to see how life was normal, but there was a underlying major problem, but life was still normal for them. Life was still going on. So what I found so fascinating was that it slowly, it was a slow change, slow, 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 and then just an explosion of violence that just took it all the way down. It was just slowly maturing, and then they could, they could, they were, they were uh, cataloging all the moments of violence, and it was just this steady graph of just, it kept happening over and over again, getting more rapid, more rapid, more rapid. So... That was truly amazing, and I think that is immediately where I went to the verse, and we had said it before, last one, but the whole, uh, because of wickedness, the love of many grew cold, to basically mm -hmm. go right back to your point mm -hmm. on what you said about, uh, since they only looked to themselves and not to the community, they turned on each other, and what's so amazing is that if we take our, take away our, just the act of serving the community, just take away service, that's how fast a civilization can just go from sh shining brightly mm -hmm. to nothing at all, just completely disintegrated. That that's it, it's kind of scary to a point. However, there's always those few good people that usually stand up and they serve and they do a lot mm -hmm. to make sure that it doesn't go farther. It just makes you realize if those servants weren't there, yeah, what would happen? So it, yeah, it I would... think I think that. Uh... Oh, go ahead, Ted. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying. I think the yeah. oh, the lag, yours. the lag. Okay, I'm yours. Out. Okay, the uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you have country internet. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll come back. Now, I was going to yeah? say the the <laughs> I think the work part is pretty crucial. Um, it, it goes right in hand in hand with the purpose part of. I was listening to something recently, and. Um, it was like this kind of conglomeration of people on podcasts and they're all talking and someone's asking him a question. And one, one person asks one of these guys a question is like, why don't you understand how millennials feel as far as like how difficult it is for us financially? And he's like, you know what? For, for one, like, why are you so angry at me? And for two, like, I do understand, <laughs> you know, yeah. we've been, I, I think the people in my generation have, you know, apples to apples when it comes to what, how far money went have been dealt a pretty bad card. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the economy is, is pretty tough right now and trying to, um, you know, save for things or, you know, save for a house is extremely difficult. And he's like, I understand that. And it's something that is, is hard and, and work is hard, but what next? Mm -hmm. I mean, are you just going to cry about it? Are you just going to like lay down oh, on the floor boy. and cry about yeah. it? Yeah. Or are you actually going to do something yeah. about it? Um, it's not. It's not a, a a diagnosis. The problem. It's the prognosis. The solution. And so he was just talking about that, and he's he's saying how 
people in these days, they're just saying like, I want more free time. I want more free time. And he's like, what they're saying is I want hours and hours every single day to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you are asking for what no one in history has ever had before. That's not a, that's not been a thing. Not so long ago, you had to just to feed yourself, just to have your farm and grow your own food. You were working every single day just to produce that. And we have those luxuries today that we just really take for granted. And so I I just thought it was so interesting, that whole thing about, I just want more free time because it's very true. But essentially, that is only something the result of someone in the the middle of this experiment can experience Mm -hmm. is that free time where you have, you are in a a paradise of sorts and you don't have to work and everything's been given to you. And in those cases, you do tend to focus on the self and you lose sight of other people. And I think um, without the relationship, without being connected, and actually Hanok talked about this a lot on um, this last Shabbat when he was there, was the importance of being connected with people in the times that we live in and how that is such a big part of what God's plan is, is to be connected. Because truly like how can we show each other in the world a um a picture of who yeshua is without that let me give an example and then i'll pass it over to you guys um this last shabbat well let me, let me on friday night I, I want you to hold that just oh, a ahead. second if you would okay yeah because uh, i know where yeah, you're going you know what i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah uh i want to give ryan a chance here before we get to that because i think this is going to take us a totally mm-hmm. different place oh okay um yeah, uh, hearing your comments on this, uh, Daniel, is interesting because I, I'm going back to the article here. It's sort of the beginning of the the first um, sort of the first downfall that we start to see, the first sort of crack in the foundation because everything's working initially, and then all of a sudden, the first thing that happens is the the head of the households, if you will, the alpha males. Mm-hmm they begin getting attacked and they get attacked so relentlessly that eventually they give up and as they start to give up then the female mice are forced to then step into that role which leads to and i quote the detriment of their young ones Oftentimes fleeing to different apartments, leaving the young to die of neglect. Mm-hmm. And then, after a while, and this I find interesting, after a while, the first ones to die are the older mice. Mm. And you're left with now ill-adjusted females fulfilling roles they shouldn't fulfill. ill-adjusted males not knowing what purpose they serve and also finding it too risky or too much work if you might put it this way it, it eats into their free time in, in order for them to, to begin a family and thus is birthed the ones we're calling the beautiful ones uh, who have all the free time in the world like you mentioned and they it says and i quote uh are preening and cleaning themselves hour after hour grooming all day and having zero interest in courting the opposite sex. 
as I just said in the chat box, I just felt like Ryan had a segue here. And that, Ryan, I think mm -hmm. is, you're going to find is the perfect segue to, can we combat this? Can we go against, can, can, there was 25 experiments done and they all turned out the same. But because we have the ability to be involved, to make a choice, to no longer just wor work out of instinct and what is happening around us, but can we make an active engagement in life with ourselves, with our spouse, with our children in order to combat this? And um, with that, I want to turn it over to Daniel for something. And uh, I, I will give a, a, a bit of a warning. Um, I've heard this a couple of times, but you might want to uh, grab a Kleenex here. Sure. So um, <clears throat> scripture says to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is older, he will not turn from it. And so uh, we have viewed our our parenthood of our children as a, a for one, a gift from God and that they are lives that we are stewarding and trying to do, you know, the best we can to impart wisdom and all that kind of stuff. And so part of that is training them and applying discipline. And I know everyone has a little different take on that. Um, but we, we've been trying to uh, kind of work with them in certain ways. They, um, especially when you have four children, you find that you, st you work on one thing and then that one thing gets up and it's like a Hydra and then two other things pop up behind it. Um, so we're always kind of playing catch up a little bit. So you know, we've been recently working on just kind of sitting more still during prayer time and while we're doing blessings on Shabbat. And so we told them at the outset of sitting down for Friday night that, um, you know, we, we wanted them to sit still with their hands in their lap and, uh, while we were doing all the blessings and if you do well the whole time then you can have extra juice at the end um after you finish what we do for um for abdullah not abdullah uh, for kiddish and if you don't then you are going to be disciplined um and so we're going through we're going through we're saying uh some of the blessings where i was i was speaking the blessings over the children and over my wife and then and then phineas um the second one he he is amazing. He is a warrior. I, he is truly yeah. a warrior. Yeah. And um, he's very, he can kind of be oblivious. Uh, he has a bit of an oblivious nature. And so it's very hard for him to kind of stay focused right now. And, and he's only five. So he was, you know, starting to disrupt a couple times. And so we, we told him, okay, you, you are going to be disciplined when we're done. And so we go on a little more. I say the blessing over my wife. And during that, my children all come and they, they put hands on her and, and we bless her. And at the end of that, Ruben looks at me and my wife and he's like, with tears in his eyes, starting to come in his eyes, he's like, please, please do not discipline Phineas. And he goes back to his seat and I was like, I was thinking, and I look at him and I'm like, Ruben, so you don't want Phineas to be, to be disciplined? And he said, no. And he's getting really, like, really emotional. And I said, well, what are you willing to do for it? And he's like, I don't know. And so I asked him, I was like, are you willing 
to are you willing to take his discipline on yourself and without a moment's hesitation he said yes and he was nodding his head furiously and i said okay and so you know as we were kind of carrying this out i look over at phineas and i said phineas i want you to watch this i want you to to watch because this is your fault this is happening because of you and something that you did wrong. And so, and then the whole time, and you know, I honestly, I took it really easy on Ruben and he knew it in the end. Um, but it was just such a beautiful moment. And I told Ruben, I was like, Ruben, this hurts me so much because I know you are innocent right now. And I know you do not deserve discipline right now but it makes me so happy that you are willing to take this upon yourself. And so, you know, Phineas, man, he understood. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And I was like, guys, I want every, Phineas, I want you guys to know, Reuben just showed the love of Yeshua. And I told Phineas, like, he loves you so much. He was willing to take it, the punishment upon himself to save you from it. And man, it was it was i was i was crying it was just so powerful but to see that self-sacrifice and that willingness to that compassion man i i saw the love of yeshua that that night it was beautiful yeah we, we we had mentioned that before i think the previous episodes the whole laying down your life for a brother and that's amazing mm-hmm. that this literally just happened this last year oh, that's yeah. so wild the, the it's amazing brother. how yeah. i know that's even better yeah. it's like oh my gosh it's like it's amazing how some of these things in our life just kind of line up to going towards that that's just incredible wow again that i don't not a lot of mammals like just to be plain can just do that we see some things in nature that do something but nothing like this willingly because and even then it wasn't it was just it was punishment it was, i think that was good to even just work that out too it's like okay you know what you're asking for right like that's even better like you, you know what you're asking for right you know what that is and to be able and oh man i makes you just wish you were in the room just to see it, like the, their eyes like being very like that's like this is like it's gold. You, how do you teach that? How do you teach that unless you actually see it, right? There's just, that's almost impossible. Like to actually have that moment to be able to teach. It's just incredible. Uh, it's amazing how God will actually show those moments. And it's up, yeah. up to you as parents to be able to take and grab a hold of it and say, all right, this is a great lesson. Let's run with it. That's awesome. Ryan, you want to yeah, it's special. Mm. It's fun to watch. I, I have I have nothing of import to add to that. I, I think that that story, uh, that the message stands on its own. You know, the message does stand on its own, and that's the that's the power of this. And you know, we we start out with with mice, and and talking about a um, a. a whether do, do animals have a choice an instinct or a choice well, the, the truth is that i believe only mankind has a real choice in fact there there are two things we all have in common and that is that when we enter into this life 
we all have a choice. And the other thing is we will leave with the decision. That's it. I mean, you guys have, how many times have you guys heard me talk about purpose? Mm. How many times have you heard me talk about, you know, the greatest, the, the most, the richest places in, in the earth as a cemetery? I mean, you know, life comes down to be very simple. Is that you enter in with a choice and you leave with a decision, period. You don't leave with anything else. You know, there's, I've, I've done a, a lot of funerals, a lot of funerals through the years, over 30 years of ministry, a lot of funerals. Never seen one with a U-Haul. Sounds funny. <laughs> okay. It's not there. Okay. Nope. You know, the, it's, it's what it is. Hmm. It's a decision. And what I found so amazing about that story is what, what, what Reuben did the other night was give an, an exact picture of what Messiah has done for us. He saw his little brother who was guilty. His father saw him. His father, I'm, you know, I mean, it's Daniel, so I'm, I'm prejudiced, but his father <laughs> had to because he had made a promise. He said, you either do this or, or this is the consequence. And if he had not followed through the, with the consequence, then the children would have known that he's lying. And from that point on, would have wondered, would have always questioned Daniel's word. Mm -hmm. That there had to be an action. There had to be consequences mm -hmm. that night. And that's the way it is with the Father and us. He has to give us the consequences. The wages of sin is death. Period. He's not fooling. The wages of sin is death. But mm -hmm. the gift of the Father is eternal life. That just as Reuben stood in, the older brother, Yeshua is called our older brother in Scripture. Just as Reuben stood in and took the penalty for his younger brother, that's what Yeshua has done for each of us. We have a choice whether to receive that personally or not. Mm -hmm. As that's the gospel. That That's it. It cannot be any clearer of a picture than that. Your thoughts? I think I find it fascinating, though, when reading this article, to to put back to what you're saying, Mike, was fascinating was, is, as I was reading this article, again, I stressed enough that when the rapid decline happened, that was the thing that I found just fascinating. But then it kind of made sense. We've been joking a little bit th tonight about how funny it is that some things co correlate back to our real life as we walk around. We're seeing examples of it, but that's also terrifying. We're seeing real life examples of that experiment playing out before our eyes. And then you're faced with the horrible reality of, well, then what do you do about it? And there's actually a wonderful answer to that. 
and you mentioned it, Mike, it's the gospel. Because so many people, like the outcasts that the experiment talked about, so many of them are driven away with no hope, no chance of ever finding anything, and they feel that there is no, all is lost. We have lots of people out there that are living hopelessly, just day in and day out, just trying to survive, just trying to feed themselves, if anything, and they're just starving for the bread of life. This is, this is why that experiment is so important to know about and to talk to your kids about and to explain to other people the exact same thing. We're seeing this happen. People are going back down to their basic instincts, and they're just looking for this. And that's where we can come in to share the gospel, to give a new hope and a new life to these and to bring back purpose into their life where it was once lost and it was yeah. once forever gone. Mm -hmm. We can be just like Daniel's son, Reuben, and lay down our lives for each other, just like that, to just help keep showing how our Messiah did for us, we can do for others. And if we can do that, I think that uh, that changed the world. Mm, indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that um, if you if you study the Hebrew some, you find... Uh, Scriptures in general, it talks about man and beast, mm -hmm. uh, but beast is not mm -hmm. always referring to a, an animal or a creature. Sometimes it's referring to a man who has fallen to his most base uh, desires instinct. Yeah. and instinct. Mm -hmm. uh, and here we see this playing out, uh, where these 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 mice are behaving in this base instinctual level. Uh, and they cannot rise above it. And I think that is the difference as we read this, and, and at least is my takeaway, is without a moral code, without a creator that you follow uh, who has given us the instructions of life in the Torah, you can reenact this on a human scale um, almost without meaning to. And this is what we find ourselves, this, the current, you know, climate we find ourselves in yeah. uh, on a global scale. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like God used a kind of a template for all creatures because in all creatures and all creation, there is the the, the coming together and the production and the multiplication and like like it's been said before humans were given you know, a step above that we are above yeah. the animals and a little below the angels mm -hmm. and so we have this very very unique um purpose in life and this very unique relationship with the father that nothing else in creation does and that is amazing yeah. that we that we have the choice to praise him and to obey him. Mm -hmm. And that even when we choose the wrong thing, that, you know, when we come back, it's he's, he's just there ready for us. Um, but in that experiment, just watching the and it, it really is uncanny. The more you read it, the more you see how it is playing out today, because you have this whole movement of men now who are basically anti-woman. They are anti-marriage because of everything that's been happening. You know, the 
like court systems always ruling with the women and all this kind of stuff. And so essentially they are living lives that are um, more in line with a, a homosexual lifestyle because mm-hmm. of how they view women. And it's just really, really bizarre, but it all goes back to like you mentioned dad self It's about me. It's not about mm-hmm. coming together and, and true love with someone and, and reproducing and creating more people to, as a, as a show of how real that love is and all that kind of stuff. Um, the, the phrase that you quoted, Ryan, of, you know, to the detriment of the younger ones. Mm-hmm. And you see that all through today. And so I think it's, if you are a person who has, any kind of solid family unit count your blessings because you have been given something that is incredibly incredibly rare today and if you have not been given that blessing then choose to give someone else that blessing choose to give you know your children that blessing or whatever it looks like for you yeah yeah we're not done with this program i mean we're done tonight uh, yeah, we're done tonight because we're out of time, but uh, we've gone way over the goldfish uh, attention span here, but uh, we're not finished with this one. I've got some other ideas. I think we need to take this program uh, a little ways from here. Uh, it's a day 136 in Israel, mm-hmm. October 7th, which is actually October, as Hanok was talking about the other day. It's mm-hmm. October 140 mm-hmm. because the rats were, uh, it, it was, a, it was, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to insult rats, but that's kind of <laughs> what happened there. But you and I have a choice. We have a responsibility. We're the only part of creation that has a choice whether to, proclaim his name or not pretty soon the trees are going to be uh putting out their leaves and you know they they don't have a choice they just have to do that but you and i have a choice and when we seek that choice we find that uh he has plans for us for good and not for evil to give us a future and a hope so stay tuned guys if you um if you want to hear more of the the uh the mouse saga and um, figure out which side are you going to be on. Are you going to stand up or are you going to squeak up? <laughs> the gospel the of mice and men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I like it. All right. Uh, Until next week. Next time. You alone hear my every prayer. You're the God who's always there.